Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is December 16th, 2021, and our first story, skyrocketing crime and a failure on Democrats to control it is resulting in urban liberals supporting gun rights and buying guns at record levels. It could be a good thing. It could unite people or it could be dangerous considering the country is deeply polarized. In our next story, another CNN producer, this time exposed by Project Veritas, committing crimes against children. Man, these stories happening so close to each other, it's rather disturbing. And in our last story, a parent screams at a school board meeting, saying that the teachers were effectively grooming her child and keeping secrets from her as her child became suicidal. Many people are now accurately pointing out that public schools are just indoctrinating kids. Now, before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. According to several polls, support for gun control in this country still remains relatively high, but it is going down. And the drop is driven by urban liberals who are blaming Democrats for the rising crime wave, or at the very least disapproving of how Democrats are handling the rising crime wave and thus deciding to buy guns. We saw this early last year at the start of the pandemic in major urban strongholds, lines out the door of people trying to buy guns for the first time, record gun sales. And even this past month, we are seeing more record gun sales. Now, there have been a lot of people talking about the humor in liberals going to gun stores and being shocked to find they cannot buy guns. But I don't fault these people for being ignorant necessarily. I certainly think these people should have been paying attention to their rights for for a while. And they should know what it means to vote for these people who will pass more strict, uh, stricter laws. But I just say this to many of these individuals. Thank you for now supporting gun rights. Thank you for exercising your right to keep and bear arms. Thank you for taking personal responsibility for your safety and security. And thank you for finally acknowledging those who have that Democrat policies in many places has taken away your right to defend yourself and has caused an escalation in crime to the point where we are now dealing with anarcho tyranny. There's a viral video. It's going around right now. I don't think it's all that important. It shows people beating each other up in an airport. And I've seen some people saying, like, I'll get fined or kicked off an airplane if I'm not wearing a mask. But if you get into a brawl in the middle of the airport, seemingly no one does anything to stop it. That's a narco tyranny where people who commit crimes get away with it, but they will certainly enforce the laws against you. But again, I don't think this video is the most important thing in the world. It's just a fight in an airport. But I think it's fair to say this is reality. If you 
as an honest, law-abiding citizen wants to want to exercise your constitutional right to keep and bear arms, police will absolutely arrest you and you will be imprisoned. Meanwhile, in many other places, these people get away with crimes. Criminals get away with breaking the law. We have far left extremists smashing up windows and they continue to get away with it. That's a narco tyranny. Well, now I think regular people are starting to finally realize these gun control laws make no sense. Crime is through the roof and it's going to be incumbent upon you to defend yourself. One of the big debates we've been having on the Timcast IRL podcast about the death penalty, because I oppose it, because I do not believe that we should empower the state to kill people because people like Kamala Harris have kept innocent people in prison on death row. And that means you would be sanctioning the government to kill innocent people. I know it may be one out of a thousand or one out of 10,000. But my question then is, how many innocent people are you willing to allow the state to kill if it means they will kill bad people? I think there's a simple solution for everybody in this one, people who disagree with me. I certainly don't want the, the most evil and vile people roaming the streets and getting away with their crimes. Of course not. I just don't trust the state to be honest about who is deserving of death. And I don't know if I have the right to determine that unless I have personally witnessed someone about to cause great bodily harm or death upon another person, in which case my solution is this. I oppose the death penalty. But I'm for 2A to a very absolute degree. I believe regular people should be allowed to own RPGs and even nuclear arms because Second Amendment says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And my friends, nuclear arms are arms. Back in the day, the founding uh, when the founding fathers were crafting these 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 uh, provisions in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, they were privateers. There were people who owned massive warships. Some of those powerful warships were privately owned. So don't come to me with this. You can't own a cannon. No, you can. Now, of course, I recognize the absurdity of a private citizen owning nuclear weapons. Sure. But if you don't like it, then we must amend the Constitution. You can't just arbitrarily decide that some arms are not worthy of our rights. And therefore, yeah, people can own nuclear arms. So I'll say it again for the death penalty, and we'll, and we'll talk about it as I go through these stories and break down where the current polling stands and the record gun sales that are occurring. Yeah, people do blame Democrats for the rising crime, and they're buying guns because of it. So if you take issue with this and you don't want people buying guns, you need to vote in better leaders because they are sacrificing what you believe for political expediency. And yeah, if you don't like the death, I don't like the death penalty, but I still think people should have a right to keep and bear arms. And thus, maybe then there would be less victims and we'd have to worry a lot less about the death penalty. But well, let's get into that. Let's start with the news here. We have the story from the Washington Examiner. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to get access to exclusive members on the TimCast IRL podcast and to generally just help support everything we are doing. We got a new book out. We uh, have more segments up Timcast IRL every day, Monday through Thursday, and we just hired another journalist. And that's all thanks to you guys who are members at Timcast.com. So if you really want to help us out, Timcast.com, become a member. But don't forget to like this video right now. Subscribe to this channel. Hit that subscribe button. Take the URL, share it wherever you can. That's the most powerful way to help. Let's read this first story from the examiner. Urban liberals rethink guns and policing amid crime spike on their doorstep. Let me just not mince words. I'll start right with the with the lead here. An ABC News Ipsos poll published early this week found that just 36 percent of voters approve of Joe Biden's handling of crime, 
while 61% disapprove on gun violence, 66% of voters disapprove of Biden's performance with 32% approving. Now, just because people are saying Joe Biden and the Democrats have screwed up as it pertains to crime doesn't mean these same people are saying everybody should go buy guns. No, but there are certainly many liberals who are turning around and trying to buy guns. Last year, there was a viral video where a gun store owner was frustrated saying, y'all come into my shop for the first time and are angry that I can't sell you a gun. Well, that's your fault for voting for these people. So don't get mad at me. It's actually kind of hilarious. You know, what's funny is I believe my most viewed video last year on my uh, Timcast channel, my Timcast News, my other YouTube channel, was about was from 2019. And it was about a liberal journalist who tries to buy guns and can't. But she was a good sport about it. She was a good journalist. She didn't ever actually buy a gun. She said, I'm going to see what the process is like. She went to a local Walmart and they said, ma'am, we're not going to sell you up because we can't. And she says she left empty handed. She didn't realize that it was actually relatively difficult in many circumstances to buy a weapon. Now, it's not the hardest thing in the world, depending on what state you were in. But people were people liked watching the video. They're saying, see, these people are finally learning. But listen, this person, this journalist was a good sport about it and said, I didn't know. And here's my report. Thank you for reading. That's what a journalist should do. I investigated something, realized I was wrong and wrote about it. Now, a lot of these people are showing up to these gun shops and they're angry. They're like, sell me the gun. The gun owner's like, fill out the NICS form, the, the, the background check form, the criminal check form. And they're like, what? And they're like, yeah, okay, you're being researched. It's a delay. Come, we'll call you when you can buy a gun. And people are leaving like, whoa, I need it now, man. Crime is through the roof. There's a major pandemic. And they go, sorry, you voted for this. That's the problem of ignorance. So what I will stress right now is there are a lot of people who are blaming Democrats for the rise in crime. And there are a lot of people who are buying guns because of the rise in crime. That is not to say that these groups of people are the same people and the people buying guns are blaming Joe Biden for it. Although I feel like it's a fair assessment to make. If you're someone who's like crime is through the roof, I'm pretty sure you recognize who's in charge. But let's read more. They say in unexpected places where liberal views on firearms and policing have dominated the conversation, a growing number of people are embracing gun ownership or backing measures that would boost law enforcement in response to the rise in violence. On gun violence, 66% disprove of, of, of Joe Biden. The loss of confidence in Biden's ability to navigate the issue has come as the nation's homicide rate hits historic highs. And the growing concern is pushing people in, this, in some of the county's, country's most pros prosperous neighborhoods to get creative about keeping their, sick, see, uh, keeping their streets safe. Applications for concealed carry permits have exploded in Los Angeles County, where voters went for Biden by more than 40 points. This is, this is, I, you know what, man? It's frustrating, it is. You may have heard of Phoenix Ammunition. They're the ones that on their website, when you go there, because you can buy, they, they do like competition performance ammo, stuff like that. You go to their website and you get a pop up. It says, did you vote for Joe Biden? And if you click yes, it boots you off the site and then brings you to a, a, a website, uh, to Joe Biden's website, talking about his plan for banning the online sale of accessories and ammunition. There is also, I believe they do this when you try to buy ammo, you have to check a box saying you certify that you did not vote for Joe Biden. And the owner has been flat out blunt about it. If Joe Biden has his way, I'm out of business. So who are these people? He says, you know, who are these people who are going to, you know, vote to take away the rights from everybody else and then say, well, I'll buy it now. That's despicable. Absolutely. 
California, Los Angeles is a good example of this. However, what I say to all these people is welcome to the cause. Thank you for supporting gun rights. Please vote in, in, in kind. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today. They go on to say since late 2018, the LA County Sheriff's Office approved roughly 2,100 concealed carry permit applications compared to less than 200 that were approved by the office the four years prior. Michael Schellenberger, who spoke with a number of Beverly Hills residents for a report about the area's changing attitudes towards crime, said fear has driven many liberals to revisit their ideas about guns and policing. They know they're more afraid. And I think that they're aware that it gives them new insight into what life is like when you don't have enough police and enough security. There's just a lot of progressive buyer's remorse right now. Well, I will also stress leftists, they're pro-gun. 100%. Okay, maybe not 100%. Like right-wing individuals are overwhelmingly pro-gun. We know that. Leftists like communists and socialists, oh, they want all the guns. They just want to use them to take over for, for the most part and then take away guns from you. Liberals, well, they have the establishment institutions, so they just want to take guns away from you. They seem to think that banning guns for everybody will make everyone safer, and that's literally not true, especially with the advent of 3D printed guns and ghost guns. Sorry, it ain't going to happen like that. They're going to say voters in L.A. County approved a measure in November 2020 that would have steered tens of millions of dollars away from law enforcement and into other community measures in response to the nationwide movement calling for cities to defund their police departments. A judge later paused the measure. L.A. city leaders this year have since moved to add millions back to the department. What a dumb idea. I think there's a lot of problems with police, but uh, all of a sudden people are like, oh, no, there's no police. What are we going to do? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. I think it's good, though. In some ways, people now are realizing they have to take responsibility for themselves. And, he, and this, is what I, this is why I brought up the death penalty early on. A lot of people are upset that they are victims of these extreme crimes. I agree. Well, those victims should be armed. And they still may end up being victims, that I get. But I believe that we would see substantially less serious crimes, serious violent crimes and atrocities if everybody just was armed. An armed society is a polite society. You know what I learned in Chicago? And which really bothers me about the suburbanites in Chicago. Let me let me tell you guys this. When I'm when I'm driving in the city, when I was like, you know, 18, 19, whatever, and I'm with someone from Chicago, no road rage. No, no road rage. You know why? Because the likelihood that if you're driving on the highway and you cut somebody off, you flick them off, you scream at them, there is a probability that person speeds up and shoots at you. You think I'm kidding. I've had people shoot at me for literally no reason. Me and my oldest brother were driving. We, we exited uh, 290, which goes uh, east to west into Chicago. 
then it curves north. But we're driving into the city and we get off at Independence, which is basically Pulaski. And we're heading north when an Oldsmobile driving the other way, a guy just aims a gun out the window and shoots at our car. And we just freak out like, why would they do that? Chicago, man. Yeah, that's a crime. I don't blame the gun for that. I don't blame the car for driving close to us. But if he didn't have a car, he wouldn't have been near us. No, the problem was the person. That being said, if I'm driving on the highway and I'm with somebody from the city, I'll tell you how it goes. Typically, among my friends, no road rage, no honking and screaming. We're like, you know, mind your own business, man. Because an armed society is a polite society. You never know if there's going to be a gangbanger in that car and he's going to make you got a problem, bro. Because we knew people in our neighbor who got shot and killed. People who are part of our friend circles, even. But I'll tell you, it was really frustrating. You had two kinds of people from the suburbs. One, one kind were those who were extremely terrified. I had, I had friends who would like shiver and quake when we drove through certain areas, areas of Chicago. So they kept their mouth shut. Good. You know the rules. You'll be fine. But I also had people who are used to this uppity upper middle class area where they can scream and spit and yowl and nothing bad would happen to them. And so we'd be driving and they'd be screaming out the window. I'd be like, dude, stop, man. You never know if you're going to piss off some criminal hothead and they're armed to the teeth. So an armed society is a polite society. When you know that people are armed, you ain't going to rob them. You got a real risk there. And some people are still willing to take that risk. But if but if everybody was armed, I believe that risk would be substantially reduced. And I think people are starting to realize this. According to Gallup, stricter gun laws are less popular in the U.S. This is from November of this year. While they do say 52% of Americans want stricter gun laws. It is the lowest since 2014. Take a look at this. It peaked around uh, 2016 at 67%. And right now it's at 52. You'd have to go back to 2014 to find a lower number. Now, it's been lower. In 2010, it was lower. But right now, support for gun rights is going up. Kept as now, I should say. And less strict is, has gone up a little bit. And more strict is going down. You know why it's going down? Because these progressives and these liberals went to the gun shops and said, I need to defend myself. And they said, great, come back in five days. You're delayed. The first time I went to buy, I went to buy my first gun. It took five days. And what had happened was, this is my understanding. I, 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 I may be wrong because I don't know the background stuff. I filled out the forms and everything. And they said, you are being delayed. Five days later, they called me back and said, you've finally been cleared. Five days. And then I went in and I bought my first gun. Since then, it's mostly been fine because I'm pretty sure now they're aware like this guy buys a lot of guns. We know who he is. And so now when I go in in West Virginia and I fill out the forms, it takes five, 10 minutes to clear the forms and then I can purchase the weapon. But a lot of people don't realize that. They don't realize you got to fill out. The, you, you always are background checked. Always. They don't realize that you can be delayed. They don't realize that sometimes people get denied. James O'Keefe was put on a list wrongly and they had to file the suit. Let's see where we're at now. 2021 gun sales in New York are second highest on record. Gee, I wonder why. Here we have from Forbes. Americans bought about 1.7 million firearms in November, according to estimates. Let me make sure we're talking about uh, this. This this is um, December 1st, 2021 record gun sales. Americans bought about 1.7 million firearms in November. Last month, the gun industry's was the gun industry's third busiest November since record keeping began. This year also appears to be the second busiest year on record for firearm sales. More than 18 million guns have been purchased. The National Shooting Sports Foundation generated similar estimates. It says 1.543 million guns were sold last month. 16.72 million were sold in the first 11 months of 2021 as a whole, outpacing every year aside from 2020. 
Now, what's happening? Quite simple. Let me show you this article from Slate. This is from November of this year. Liberals really need to look at the fact that they're going to need to defend themselves. In the wake of the Rittenhouse verdict, a liberal gun rights activist explains why she thinks both sides of this trial get it wrong. But I need only show you one one portion so you can understand the liberal mindset as we move forward. Laura Smith says, I am kind of the stereotype. I am the upper middle class white suburban mom. I'm literally packing to take my child to a sport tournament out of town. I didn't grow up with guns at all. And then I married a Marine. I believed guns are bad and dangerous. And my husband kept saying to me, I'm good with you not wanting a gun if you have the facts right. But I don't think you do. Will you please just go take a lesson? I took some lessons and I found out that I was good at it. It felt very empowering and it was fun. And that was not something I had ever seen in the gun debate on either side. It was either guns were for defending yourself or they will kill you if you had one in your house, period. I googled women's and guns or liberals and guns and found two groups, the liberal gun club and a girl and a gun. Got invited with both. Then I started really learning about the root cause of uh, the root about root cause mitigation and learning more about what does and doesn't work, like how we could ban all the ARs and statistically it would do nothing about gun deaths. I liked the club and I liked the people. I had some press background from being an attorney, and they asked me to do an interview, and I said I would. I started being one of the people who talked about it a lot in the press from a pro-Second Amendment standpoint. Many of these liberals don't know anything about gun laws. They don't know anything about guns. They don't know anything about what's causing gun violence. Yet they keep voting to pass these laws. So I say this is awesome. It's unfortunate that it took crime to make these people finally try and buy a gun and then realize what was going on. The Wall Street Journal says gun control support drops amid growing crime and firearm purchases. This story going back to 2020, a year ago, gun sales to first time buyers skyrocket amid fears of bloody election and unrest. Well, I can't say I blame them. We have this story from the Daily Mail. U.S. political polarization may reach irreversible tipping point as Republicans and Democrats cannot unite even in the face of war, climate change and pandemics. Ivy League study says we'll come back to this. But a lot of people are generally starting to realize what conservatives already knew. The gun laws don't make sense. Banning AR-15s don't do anything. And now we're getting a little scary with it. Take a look at this. Record number of guns seized at airport security checkpoints in 2021. Security agents have confiscated almost 5,700 guns so far this year. Yo, don't don't bring guns to airports. Now, so, you know, I think you can check guns. I'm not entirely sure. Check with your local laws. If you put them in their proper case and they are not loaded, I believe you can put it in checked carry-on and ship it. Uh, uh, I believe that's correct. But you got to be careful about where you're going too, because you're not going to get respect from like, if you fly to New York, they're not going to be nice to you about this. So you better realize as soon as you touch that bag, they're going to be like, boom, possession of an illegal weapon. So my recommendation is not to travel with them. Be careful about, you know, make sure you're following the laws. Talk with your local uh, gun shop about effective means of transport and following, you know, again, you know, knowing all the rules and regulations. But it's worrying to me two things that people would want to fly with guns, some, many of which are loaded and that they don't know not to bring them. I think that to me is kind of frightening. Now, of course, as many people are realizing that the crime surge, which is driving them to buy the guns, is caused by Democrats, the Democrats won't say it. And that's why I think there's another contributing factor to a potential red wave come November. Pelosi slams outrageous crime surge won't admit to liberal cause. I tell you this as I explained. 
I believe if everybody in San Francisco was armed to the teeth, you wouldn't be seeing these smash and grabs. There's a video going viral right now, and it's disturbing. A man walks into a pizzeria in Philadelphia and tries buying something. They open the register, and then he reaches over and tries grabbing stuff from the register when a 14-year-old draws a weapon and ends this man's life. Now, a lot of people have said it was a bad shoot. I mean, this guy was just taking loose cash from the register. He didn't appear to be armed or anything like that. And that kid, he may get in serious trouble. But I will tell you this. You better believe a lot of people in that city are going to be thinking twice about trying to steal cash. Now, there are some states, I believe Texas, allows you to use lethal force to defend property. And that means like your phone. Some states don't allow this. You got to check with your local laws. But it is outright fascinating. In a place like Texas, the way they view it is, if I'm armed and you try taking my watch, I have the right to use lethal force. Man, I'll tell you this. I don't know about the law. That's that's for this Texas to decide. But my personal view is I would not try to end someone's life over taking my watch. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Only if I really felt that my life was in danger or they could cause great bodily harm would I escalate to the point with the use of lethal force. It's not so simple to say you'd shoot him in the leg or shoot him in the arm. No, you got to aim for center mass. Why? Because you don't want to miss and hit someone else. It's really that simple. And you need to make sure that what you're firing is effective. People, people don't realize this, man. Less lethal munitions, less weapons, they're not necessarily effective. It's ridiculous to me when people say like, oh, use pepper spray. Use pe- pepper spray? I know people. I have seen people at riots get pepper sprayed and just get angry. It doesn't stop them. It, it just hurts. They don't, I've seen people not close their eyes, just like, and then they get really mad and they're running and shoving cops and all that stuff. Because cops aren't out there doing riots, out, out there you know, in riots to kill people. They're just trying to deter them. So for an individual who needs to defend themselves, pepper spray ain't going to do nothing, man. I'm telling you this. Pelosi won't admit it, but she's finally speaking out. Now take a look at this. De Blasio fiddles in the face of rising crime, leaving Adams to end the mayhem. We get it. All right. People are realizing that Joe Biden is screwing all of this up. The Wall Street Journal says blame voters for the rising crime rate. Just maybe voters are starting to regret the consequences of electing progressives. Yeah, I hope so. Because I got to tell you this, the individual who is convinced to go and buy a gun, who then has a cold splash of water in the face, realizing they can't just do it, might now be like, hmm, it's Democrats who are running the city. It's Democrats who are overseeing the rise in crime. And it's Democrats who are blocking me from protecting myself. Yeah, that's a problem. So maybe they'll wake up and say, I will not vote for this. For the Wall Street Journal's opinion section, we have Daniel Henninger. Henninger, right. For the stressed out voters in your political life, an aphorism to print and wrap in ribbon for Christmas, uh, Christmas giving is live and learn. Though in these crime sodden times, it might need revision, die and learn. Some 30 major cities across the U.S. are recording record or near record homicides this year. As Raphael Mangual of the Manhattan Institute noted in these pages recently, smash and grab became a daily search term in 2021. In cities with strict, strict gun laws, such as New York, stabbings have become common by criminals. Expert on the, char- on the charging laws for using knife or gun. Com- uh, I'm sorry, common by criminals, expert on the charging laws. Getting blamed for this mayhem are a generation of so-called progressive prosecutors. Many of these individuals we know, like Kim Fox. Across America, the principle of prevention has been displaced by intervention, whatever that means. Of the career criminal accused of murdering Jacqueline Avant in her bedroom in Beverly Hills, 
Mr. Gasson said, as far as we can see, he never received any meaningful intervention that may have helped him set his life on a different path. Well, you know what I can say? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Brianna Taylor was sleeping in her bed with her boyfriend when the police knocked and broke that door down and her boyfriend fired, striking an officer in the leg. They fired, killing Brianna Taylor, but the boyfriend was not was ultimately cleared of any wrongdoing because he had a right to keep and bear arms, even against the police. He didn't know it was cops. And they said, yeah, we can't go after him for this. I don't like the idea that people are shooting at each other, but I think it's important to have the ability to defend yourself. As for this woman, she was in her bedroom in Beverly Hills and, uh, you know, she was uh, she was murdered. What if she had a gun? What if she had a gun or another weapon and someone broke in and she was properly trained and she had that weapon and she was using frangible or hollow point rounds because she didn't want overpenetration through the walls of the building. And then someone broke in and was like, aha, I'm a murderer. And she went, bang, no one's murdering me tonight. See, this is why I bring up the death penalty. I feel like we could reduce the amount of victims if people had guns and we wouldn't need a death penalty for accidental deaths. I don't want accidental deaths to happen. That's why I think if more people get properly trained and are raised around guns to understand the severity of like the power within, then we would have less accidents. Used to be that way in this country. Used to be that there were high school gun clubs and they would shoot. Now people are terrified of guns. They don't want to shoot them. They don't want to get trained with them. And as that, that liberal for the Slate article said, she thought they were dangerous. And her husband said, just take a class, get, get, take a training course. And she did. And he said, wow, it's not so bad. That's right. Proper training is important. There may come a time in your life when you are confronted with a very serious risk or threat. And your only option may be the use of a firearm. You need to know how to use it to, to make sure that you use it properly. It's time to stop being so scared. You know, and, and, and to, I think people, they believe too much out of movies. Right, there's a viral video of people getting arrested for um, eating at a, trying to eat an Applebee's without Vax cards in New York. And you, as they're getting arrested, there's a woman yelling, they haven't been read their Miranda rights. They haven't been read their Miranda rights. And I'm just like, I am so sick of that trope. People, please. The police do not need to read you your Miranda rights. That's only if they're, if they're conducting an investigation, if they choose to read them to you. There's no circumstance in which they're obligated to. I should say this. If they're conducting an investigation, they read you your rights to make sure everything you say will be admissible. Because if they don't, then what you say can be thrown out. 
But if you're trespassing in a building because you're doing a protest or a sit-in, which I respect 100%, no one's got to read you your rights. People believe too much from movies. So they think all guns, like I was watching a show on Netflix and there's a guy and he's holding a gun and he fires and his gun, his hand flies up, bang. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's no. Okay. Just, just no, stop movies. People get too much from sensationalized movies. I do like that recent times movies have tried to be more realistic with it, but too much of what people think they know about weapons, silencers going pew, 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 pew. Okay. Yeah. Go out to a range and have a listen. I'll tell you this. If you're in a big enough open field, you'll be surprised how the sound travels, right? We, we, we were uh, recently at a range and you could stand behind the weapon and you it didn't sound that loud up close. It was only when the echo came back. And I've uh, actually got to use a suppressed uh, Air 15 5.56. And it's amazing. It's like reduced recoil and quiet, but you still wear ear protection. The point is, guns exist, especially in this nation where we have enshrined our right. We have guaranteed that right. The government cannot infringe upon it. They still do. But you need to understand how to use it. And I recommend people go out and buy weapons. Get proper training. I do. I recommend it. But you have to take responsibility for yourself. If you do, you have to be trained. You have to know exactly what you're doing and not screw around. You should get a safe and properly secure it so no one can open it but you. Reduce accidents. Make sure you know what you're doing. And there is gun insurance. You can get all this stuff. It is incumbent upon you, if you choose to get armed, to be responsible for what that means. And that means going and getting proper training. Now, moving forward. I wonder if this is a sign of something good to come in the next several years or something bad. As I mentioned in this story from the Daily Mail about hyperpolarization reaching a tipping point, this is an Ivy League study. A study led by Cornell professor Michael Macy claims to have identified a tipping point. They say the study titled Polarization and Tipping Points was published Wednesday. The researcher's model shows the role party identity and levels of intolerance for disagreement have on ideological levels. So, so there's a tipping point right here. Shock value. Uh, they've basically just quantified there's some point at which people aren't going to care about anything. He says, researchers call the event a shock that initially brings people together. But if America's polarization is too extreme, the effects of that shared shock get taken over by existing divisions. If we reach that point, we cannot unite even in the face of war, climate change, pandemics, or other challenges to the survival of our society. It should be obvious to everybody. It's literally in front of us. Some people thought the pandemic would, would unite this country. It didn't because the mainstream media, they were hell bent on saying Trump, everything he did was wrong and lying about it. Trump said to drink bleach. No, he didn't. Trump said to inject bleach. No, he didn't. Trump said, and it was an off the cuff question that probably should have had some more uh, thorough thought, though. That could have required more thorough thought, though. He said, you know, maybe there's some kind of disinfectant you could, you know, drink or, or maybe in, in put beneath the skin or inject. And everyone made fun of him for it. Yeah, there's UV light therapy. It's experimental. They've done some tests on that. They put a UV light. It's a disinfectant. There are other treatments that are theoretically that theoretically are considered disinfectants. But Trump, who's not an expert on this, speaking his mind, I roll my eyes at. But when the media claims Trump says drink bleach. Yeah, the polarization is going gonna, is gonna to cause this country to fracture. I mean, I should say burn to the ground. Right now, though, liberals buying guns, recognizing the problem or a problem might be a good thing because now you can come out and say, well, look at all these liberals buying guns. Certainly they recognize something. Maybe that will bring people together against the uniparty and the establishment. 
or maybe it will result in many people armed to the teeth, hating each other, and then things get really bad. Well, we'll only uh, we'll only be able to wait and see. So I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. For the sake of keeping this show family friendly, I know a lot of you have kids who are listening as you're, as you're watching the videos or listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm not going to use any explicit language on this very sensitive subject, and I think most of you who are watching are old enough to understand what this story will entail when I use um, analogies or innuendo to explain the crimes being committed. Um, just again, because I know a lot of people will play this in their car, and I want to be respectful to that. This is a, uh, we, we've got a story about a CNN producer. We, you may have heard the news yesterday, long time, or, or the day before, long, long, for, a, for a long time working alongside Chris Cuomo, who was arrested for crimes against children, very serious ones, where he, well, he effectively trafficked them, paying for them to come from one state to another, where they were very seriously harmed. And we have new information in this case, as well as a bombshell report from Project Veritas about another uh, another uh, producer. Well, I want to make sure I'm very careful here. So we have this from a post-millennial. Project Veritas reveals another scandal involving a CNN producer. A source has come forward talking about what this individual was saying and fantasizing about doing. Uh, it's not necessarily the same as what we saw with this initial uh, arrest of the producer, John Griffin. But we're, we're learning some very disturbing things. Apparently, the devices of this individual who committed these crimes had been seized 17 months before the, the arrest. And this is why I believe we're seeing now this, this new individual come forward to Project Veritas about this other producer, another individual, because this, uh, according to the Post Millennial, the source told the outlet she felt disgusted and felt the need to come forward because these people with power seem to get away with it. Now, both of these stories are incredibly disturbing, and I want to make sure you guys are aware of that, but I'm not going to use any overt or direct language or anything like that. Uh, just, again, family friendly. And I want to stress, too, the, the story from Project Veritas isn't, isn't uh, as extreme as the, C, as the story about the CNN producer being arrested, but it's still very, very bad. And I'll, I'll try and um, provide some levity, as it were, because there is a very funny article from the Babylon Bee, which says CNN quietly resets days since an employee committed a, yeah, adult crime counter back to zero. And uh, it's kind of it's kind of messed up. You know, Babylon Bee, of course, just for anybody who's not familiar, is a satirical uh, website, not being serious here. Some for some reason, the fact checkers try to think that claim that they are. But uh, that's how bad it is with uh, with with CNN. And uh, let's just. We got we got to we got to read this news. And I know it may be disturbing, but from Fox News, a Nevada criminal complaint against a mom who allegedly pimped out her nine year old daughter to a CNN producer discloses disturbing new details about the sick arrangement. It also reveals that authorities first became aware of Griffin's proclivities 18 months ago. Yet the FBI didn't arrest him until Friday in Connecticut for allegedly soliciting three mothers and their underage daughters for training. Yikes, man. The third count in the federal indictment out of Vermont is based on the encounter with the nine-year-old in July 2020, for which Griffin paid the mom $3,500 via Venmo. After the woman's arrest in August 2020, federal investigators seized computer storage, media devices, phones, cameras, micro SD cards, images, and video from Griffin on September 2nd, 2020. Fox News has chosen not to identify the mother in order to protect the child victim's identities. Now, I, I do want to, I, I want to stress you know, a lot of people are saying, why didn't they arrest him sooner? Well, 
my bigger question is, did he abuse any children after that? Because it may just be that law enforcement was trying to build an effective case. If they knew he had done this already and they said, how do we make sure this guy goes away forever? Well, they might say we need more than just, you know, this one case. But regardless, my issue here is that the, 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 the language, the communications, the solicitation, in my opinion, is is criminal enough. And for the, for the law enforcement to allow that to continue, even if it were, was to build a case, is disturbing. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers, you know, because maybe maybe they felt the evidence on the one case wasn't enough. I don't know. Maybe they thought they could actually get more uh, depraved mothers because you got to understand this mother is committing a crime as well. I mean, she's got to get locked up for what she did to her daughter. And they may be saying, look, you know, we're, we're going to stop this guy, but he's going to be going after other people. And we want to find out, you know, we want to find more criminals involved or whatever. Uh, my, my attitude is very much so as soon as they knew about this and had the evidence, he should he should have absolutely been arrested. They seized devices. I mean, come on, man. They knew they had him. And he could have been locked up for a long time, and, and, and this stuff could have been stopped. Fox says a spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Vermont did not immediately return a request for comment on the reason for the delay in charging Griffin. Quote, prior to his arrest and indictment, we had no knowledge about the case, a CNN spokesperson told Fox News Digital. The media outlet also said no CNN-owned devices issued to Griffin went missing or were reported lost in September 2020 when investigators say they seized some of his electronics. The federal indictment accuses him of trying to entice minors to his Vermont vacation home for extreme abuse. And one Nevada mom allegedly took him up on the offer. The criminal complaint filed against the Nevada woman on, on August 25th, 2020 in Henderson County Justice Court details the horrific abuse and describes her as an adoptive mother. The woman allegedly flew the nine-year-old from Nevada to Boston, Massachusetts, where Griffin picked them up and... I'll spare you the details beyond that. But it was an extreme, extreme, extreme case of abuse against a child. In the Nevada complaint, the nine-year-old described the Vermont house as a cabin with a garage and three floors. She also told investigators a man named John picked her up from the airport in a red Tesla. The revolting allegations include text messages and explicit activities involving a child. After the trip, the girl returned to her biological mother, who does not have full custodial rights. When it came time for the adoptive mom to pick her up, she could not be found. The victim's biological mother discovered that the adoptive mother was logged in on her daughter's smartphone. So she used it to post to the other one's social media accounts asking for help finding her. Then she discovered the appalling messages discussing abuse, abuse. The biological mom knew her child had been taken to Vermont, but did not know anything like this was taking place until after she discovered these messages, the criminal complaint says. Here we can see this image, Griffin's sprawling home in the exclusive Wilson Point gated community of Norwalk, Connecticut. Wow. Norwalk's expensive, man. This guy was making enough money to own this massive property. This to me is freaky. And I have to wonder if, if there's more than just this one guy involved. Through the messages, she also learned the adoptive mom had gone out to Vermont to visit a man named John Griffin, who she had met online. And this, yeah. She called Griffin, who told her that the other woman had been hospitalized in Boston during their trip, according to the complaint. The discussion left out details about their encounter, which reportedly included scenarios too explicit to print. While the woman was in the hospital, the child was allegedly alone with Griffin in his ski-in, ski-out mountainside chalet. John claimed nothing happened between him and the child and told the mom he did not want to talk to the police, but would if needed to. But the nine-year-old told a social worker who interviewed her that on separate occasions, she had been forced to watch a, yeah. Okay. 
you get the point. I think, I think if you're old enough, you understand. According to the criminal complaint, the Nevada suspect admitted to bringing the child to Vermont to meet a man named John Griffin or Gifford. She went there with the purpose of adult activities. She also denied that the child had been in the room for any of the other activities. In a follow-up interview, the nine-year-old told investigators that the weird activities began at her adoptive mom's home after the start of quarantine. The Nevada woman faces numerous felony counts, including child abuse, uh, adult crimes against children. We'll put it that way. Many of them are unrelated to the Vermont trip. The charges that do involve Griffin allege that he watched as the child was made to perform lewd acts with the adoptive mother. After three nights of his alleged activity, the child refused to participate further. Between April and July 2020, John Griffin allegedly invited three men, three women and their underage daughters over. So they knew about this. All of it happened in a very short period of time, and they did not arrest him. He's got three counts of very serious crimes against children. He's in the custody of Ver, uh, in Vermont awaiting his next appearance in federal court. Well, now we have this story from the post-millennial, from Project Veritas. Um, this, is, this is brutal stuff, man. CNN, look, I, I want to make a point. It's, I, I want to make a point. If there's a criminal doing very serious screwed up things working for a company, I can't blame the company. I mean, CNN's got, what, a thousand, thousands of employees all across the country and world. And of course, you're going to have bad people within the ranks. But at a certain point, when you have another CNN producer, I have to wonder if, if people are attracted to these positions of power because it may protect them. Because when you have this big institution behind you that fears the publicity, they may actually find a way to, to cover this up. Or at the very least, how many of the CNN um, late night hosts have addressed the controversy? I, I got to be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't think they have. You know, when we see Brian Stelter come out and say, why, you know, it's been 24 hours and now Hannity and Ingram are addressing the text messages to, to Mark Meadows. And it's like, yeah, they, they addressed him. It took him a day, I guess. Is CNN going to come out and address these individuals more than one? Of course they won't. Now, may, look, maybe they will. Maybe they, maybe they have. And I just didn't, I, I missed it. And that's fair. That's fair. But I just, I, I am, I do not have the faith in, in CNN to actually step up because there's been other instances very recently, particularly with Qu Chris Cuomo. I mean, if you go back even uh, to when Chris Cuomo faked being in quarantine, they, they didn't talk about this. And you had even the New York Times saying that everyone knows what they did f staging this quarantine in media and they're just getting a free pass. Yeah, CNN, not good people. From Project, uh, I'm sorry, from the Postmillennial reporting on Project Veritas's new groundbreaking report, they say Wednesday night, Project Veritas published graphic texts and videos of a CNN producer fantasizing about harming a minor. According to the outlet, one one text exchange featured the producer telling the source how his fiance's daughter was, man, scantily clad, before graphically describing how he could see. Private parts. I mean, this is brutal stuff, man. I just got to say, this is awful. Very, very awful. The producer allegedly solicited explicit photos of the source's underage daughter. These are crimes. The messages and videos were allegedly obtained by a woman who was involved in a relationship with the producer for over a decade. Janine Banani, a case manager for human trafficking victims. The source claimed to have obtained the information for authorities, but contacted Project Veritas when she was worried that action might not be taken. The source told the outlet that she felt disgusted and felt the need to come forward because these people with power seem to get away with it. This guy at CNN, for 17 months, they were sitting on this evidence. So I'm not surprised this source came forward and said, people need to know about this because maybe that's the only way something will be done about it. 
I feel disgusted. I feel dirty. You know, it's, it's your girl's kid. It's like your girlfriend's kid. Usually every time we text, it's always about him wanting to see me and a stepdaughter together. She then provided a recording in which the producer allegedly said very messed up things. Very, very messed up things. The source added, he sent me a text saying, I love, I'm not going to read these texts. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. And, 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 and it's, it's because it's disturbing. You can read the stories. I mean, obviously the articles on the screen, um, but you know, we try to, we try to keep, I, I try to keep these, these podcasts to, to a degree in which you can play these while you're, you know, in the car, picking up your kids or whatever. But I don't know if this one's going to, going to, going to pass muster on that regard. You know, this is why we try to avoid swearing. There's a lot of people who say talking politics, news, controversy, philosophy, it's actually great. And a lot of the stuff we talk about, you know, I know that, um, I've had parents email me saying they, 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 they like that their kids can hear the stuff talking about, say, Russia, China, Ukraine, controversy, Joe Biden, to hear adult conversations discussing, to, to discussing the metaverse and philosophy. I want to create an atmosphere where we can have young people understand the real world, but this absolutely is too much. And I, that, that's why we try to make sure our conversations are like the philosophical consequences of technological advancement, the ramifications of, politi- of politics and elections. And these are things that are absolutely perhaps beyond, you know, someone who's 14 or 15 years old. Like, what are they going to understand about Joe Biden and tax policy? But it's still good for them to hear it and have their parents explain it to them. This one, man, I don't know. I, 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 I think, you know, these stories about these CNN producers, what we know about, you know, uh, even Cuomo himself, Andrew Cuomo and his brother helping him. I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to get more stories like this coming out of CNN, because I think these disturbed individuals seek these positions knowing they'll be protected. Of course, this is why the source came out to Project Veritas. But I don't know, man. I think parents, you're going to have to figure out how you explain some of the most evil people in the world to your kids when they're when they're the appropriate age. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Because as much as we can avoid talking about, you know, key details and stuff like this, I just, I don't know, man. This is, this is, this is truly dark stuff. Now, what's really fascinating is that Project Veritas announced they had this big story coming. And then all of a sudden we get this smear piece, which is, it's absurd. I mean, it's actually not even really a smear piece, but we have the story from the Washington Post. Project Veritas nearly doubled its funding in 2020 while amplifying baseless election fraud claims. What, 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 what baseless claims did Project Veritas come out with? They, they actually have people on camera doing bad things. It's weird, isn't it? There's a report 
that tries to claim, or that literally claims, that James O'Keefe and I, Tim Poole, are, are like prime vectors for election fraud conspiracies or some ridiculous nonsense. And the funny thing about it is it's just a smear piece. It's not true. They, their claim that I was a prime vector for these conspiracies was that I once retweeted Elijah Schaefer, who had gotten something wrong. That's it. That's it. And for that retweet, which, of course, are not endorsements, they claim that I was one of the most prolific spreaders of conspiracy theories. It's a manipulative game. And they do the same thing with Project Veritas. But interestingly, take a look at this. I don't even think this is bad news. I mean, sure, they're lying, but they say the nonprofit known for hidden camera videos targeting journalists and liberals raised $22 million last year. Well, I tell you this, if the kind of stories they're going to uncover and expose are extreme predators and corruption, then bravo, $22 million. Oh, man. You can see in what's called a Form 990, when a 501c3 raises money, you can see exactly how much they compensate their staff, what everyone's getting paid, how much money they brought in, and to a certain extent, like how it's being spended. And you'll love to see it. With Project Veritas bringing in $22 million, you'll love to see it. I think James O'Keefe, you can see his salary. It's publicly available. I don't think he gets paid enough. I think the dude should get paid way more, to be completely honest. I think he should, he should, he should be taking a million bucks for himself for the hard work that he does, for the things he's endured. For the, look, the FBI goes after him because, he's a, because of journalism. There's an old saying, now that we're not, you know, this is not family friendly. They mentioned, we mentioned it in IRL. I think, uh, I can't remember who brought it up. Luke was talking about it too, that um, the greatest award in journalism is not a, a, a Pulitzer, but it is a, CN, uh, a, C, not CNN, a CIA targeting, <laughs> I'll just say it. It's a, it's a CIA assassination attempt. That's the joke. That when you're actually doing good work in journalism, the truest badge of honor and award is when the powers that be are desperate to stop you. The FBI raided Project Veritas. Yeah, because that's real journalism. And under BS claims, the New York Times publishes Veritas's privileged legal communications. We know who the real journalists are in this country. They say, the Washington Post says the organization, which has used deceptive tactics in attempts to expose alleged wrong, wrongdoing by journalists, liberals, and labor unions, uh, as well as conservatives, Republicans, that's true too, just not typically. I love, that, I love too that they say journalists and liberals. It's like, are you going to include Google and Facebook? Ah, you see, those are liberal institutions. Aired accusations from a Pennsylvania postal worker, blah, 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 we get it. The claims fell apart. The worker recanted to federal agents, but and then he recanted, recanting and said that, that he was pressured into it. Yeah. Tell that uh, Washington Post. The organization nearly doubled its revenue last year, according to a recent public filing. Veritas, led by James O'Keefe, raised about $22 million in 2020, compared with 12 million in 2019, the tax filing show. O'Keefe earned a salary of $412,000 from the group. Okay, well, you know, I, I wouldn't look, you can, it's publicly available information. But because the Washington Post has published it, I think it's, it's fine to point that out. And I honestly think it should be triple that. I think James should be taking way more than that. $412,000 is, is a hefty salary, I got to admit. But look, man, if, Verita, if James O'Keefe was getting paid three times that, I think he should. I, I, I absolutely do. They say he's drawn scrutiny from federal law enforcement. Look at this absolute scumbaggery from the Washington Post. The FBI last month searched two locations associated with Veritas as part of an investigation into how a diary reportedly belonging to the president's daughter became, uh, became public just before the election. 
how he, I guess how he, how it became public. Sure. O'Keefe 37 said his group acquired the diary lawfully and did not publish it because its authenticity could not be confirmed. The New York Times got access to privileged legal communications and published them while the, while the New York Times is currently in a lawsuit with Project Veritas for defaming them. These people are evil, evil people. I got to tell you, man. The fundraising boom shows how Project Veritas has capitalized on confrontational tactics and baseless claims of election fraud, blah, blah, blah. The old guard is on its way out. That's it. And people know who the real journalists are. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Project Veritas is perfect. And that's a silly game to play. No, they're, they, you can criticize uh, uh, Veritas in certain regards for some things. But, you know, I look at the work that James O'Keefe does and what his team does, and it is some of the best. And uh, one of, I, I, he's probably one of the last real journalists in the country, if, if not the last. Now, to be fair, there are investigative reporters. There are stories that have come out and they get shut down. There are people like, I think it was the Miami Herald reported on the Epstein stuff. I mean, they, they exist. You know, James O'Keefe isn't the only one doing good work, but boy, is it few and far between. This woman from CNN or about with the CNN story came to Veritas because she knows that James is going to publish this and it's going to, it's, it's going to, to help. It's amazing to see many people. There was a, a Project Veritas covered a nursing home scandal where uh, elderly were being abused. It's not partisan. I 100% guarantee it. If malfeasance was leaked to Veritas, they'd report it, no matter who or where it came from. Now, that being said, there's probably certain circumstances with a conflict of interest where they probably couldn't, and that would definitely be used against them. But I'll put it this way. If, uh, if we had Timcast, right? We have sponsors on Timcast IRL. If we got word that there was a major scandal involving one of our sponsors, we would not report on it. Why? It's a conflict of interest. It is unethical for someone who is paid by an organization to then report on a scandal about the organization. You can't trust that reporting. It's unethical. So if we had a sponsor, you know, we, we, we have several sponsors on Timcast IRL. If we found out that they were doing something wrong, we just put out a statement and say, here's what's been stated. We're not going to go in-depth coverage because it would be unethical for us due to a conflict of interest. You do not want people who are paid by, who are paid by organizations to then report on what's happening. You can't trust it. Sorry, period. Depending on the scandal and the evidence presented, we'd likely drop the sponsor and point and point that out. But there, there, I, I, I tell you this, if, if there's a circumstance where, where James O'Keefe received a donation for some reason and then someone, you know, said leaked something to him, he'd be like, we've received money from these people. Like it would be a conflict of interest and unethical for us to then report on it. I think that's important. I think you know, you, you would just say it. But I, th I think there are certain circumstances where if you choose your battles, 100%. I think there are certain circumstances where uh, we, we all play politics. What I will say is there is, there, is a, there is an establishment in this country that is dastardly, that is evil. James O'Keefe exposes them, but not just them. Like I said, the nursing home scandal. You know, if, 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 if you guys have evidence of wrongdoing, reach out to Veritas, because I assure you, you know, uh, a lot of people, look, sometimes people think they have big stories. They don't. But I assure you, if you have real evidence of wrongdoing, they're not going to ignore it just because it's a conservative Republican or otherwise. They'll publish it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a viral thread on Twitter, 
The account at libs of TikTok highlights a video in which a mother is complaining at a school board meeting saying that they did not inform her her child was suicidal, that they had secretly placed her into an equality club and began coaching her on her identity. Effectively, well, I would say grooming children. Parents, in my opinion, have the responsibility over a child's future and what they're learning and how they're developing. But uh, I got to be honest, in many ways, I blame the parents because I, for one, despise public schools. I despise the education system overwhelmingly from kindergarten to high school to college. I believe it is awful. And I believe that parents don't care. Now, I will be the first to admit in modern society, parents have to work. And they can't just leave their kids sitting around and they can't bring their kids to work. So what do they do? Put their kids in in institutionalized learning facilities where they say, I trust this random government employee to take care of my kids and teach them proper. Now they're getting a cold, hard wake up call. But this has been going on forever. School sucks. You've heard it. Kids say it all the time, but you don't listen. And this is what's so frustrating for, uh, for me. I remember going through grade school. I remember saying school sucks. I remember talking about how teachers were pieces of trash and they disrespective and they they disrespect, they humiliate and they coach and groom children. Let me tell you some stories. I had one teacher who would walk in the classroom, go uh, read page 50 to 60 and then walk out and be gone. And we'd all just sit there being like, okay. Now I was lucky. When I went to my parents and said, this is garbage and I shouldn't be here, eventually my parents were like, okay, you're right. This is this is awful because I was fortunate enough that they believed me. But I suppose I was lucky in that I I have older siblings who also said this. My parents didn't necessarily believe them right away. But once we were all basically saying the system is broken, my parents were like, we need to we need to we need to act on this. You know, my mom uh, tutored all of, uh, all of me and my siblings when we were very young, before we even started kindergarten. And I feel like my parents really cared about what we learned, and they were passionate about us becoming better people. I take a look at many of these schools, and I take a look at many of these parents. And sure, they may care to a certain degree. Of course, they love their kids. But it is remarkable how much we have as a society a trope about schools being garbage, about kids saying, I hate my teacher, I hate my school, and parents being like, too bad, stop complaining. That to me is remarkable. Maybe you should listen to your child. Well, now what's happening is we have this thread. The schools are taking these kids and they're coaching them. They're indoctrinating them. And in many ways, in my opinion, grooming them into sexual behaviors that kids should not be involved in. But parents don't listen. And worse still, teachers are making sure the parents can't hear either. In this thread, Libs of TikTok says, two teachers at a California school reportedly coached a 12-year-old into a trans identity behind her parents' back. The school also changed her name and pronouns without informing the parents. This was the mom's speech, and she is screaming. She is absolutely screaming. I can play some of it, but uh, I, you know, I hope you're ready. It could be loud. Nothing wrong. They've done nothing wrong. A mistake? How long of a mistake? How many mistakes are we going to take before my child almost lost her life? They didn't tell me that my child was suicidal. You allowed these teachers to open their classrooms teaching predatorial information to a young child, a mindful child that doesn't even know how to comprehend it all. So uh, I, I don't want to 
play too much of that. Just you, you get the point, right? I want to show you something, and then I want to read you the stories behind what this is about. I want to show you this from Quora. It says, I joined the GSA club, that's the Gay Straight Alliance, but my parents are homophobic. Do you think they'll somehow find out? I'm bi, by the way, and they don't know. Here we go. One response is back in 2019 says confidentiality and safety are part of GSA programs. Gay and non-gay students belong. So if your parents do question you, tell them this. Discuss your concerns at GSA meetings and learn what strategies the advisor and fellow students have for dealing with questioning parents. You are not required to tell your parents personal information. If you experience any emotional or physical abuse from any adults, tell your GSA advisor or other trusted adult immediately. These schools, while I can certainly respect that there are, there are abusive parents, there are parents who would harm their children. That's wrong. Those parents should be arrested and they should be criminally charged for, for beating or harming their kids. But what does harm mean? What you have just seen from several years ago were people telling minors not to inform their parents. So let me tell you something. If you think taking your child and putting them in a government institutionalized learning facility is a safe space, you, in my opinion, are abusing your kid. Now, there are good public school teachers, but I think the whole system is absolutely broken. That being said, I understand a lot of people uh, can't afford it. A lot of people uh, struggle with with how to have their kids be, be looked after while they're trying to work to make ends meet. I don't have all the answers, but I can say at the very least, you can make sure you're active at PTA meetings and you speak with your kids. You give your kids a safe environment to express their ideas, to talk to you about what's going on, because if you don't, predators will groom your children. That's what's happening. Here's a story from the Epoch Times. Parents say daughter was coached on LGBTQ identity at California school. Parents outraged over school staff who allegedly disguised the names of the gay straight alliance clubs at a California middle school are planning to voice their concerns at a school board meeting, as we just saw. Jessica Conan was ale- has alleged that school staff indoctrinated her then 12 year old daughter in an LGBTQ club disguised as an equity club. She told the Epoch Times she plans to speak at the December 15th meeting. The two two teachers at Buena Vista Middle School in Salinas were recorded coaching other teachers to conceal the nature of LGBTQ clubs from parents at a sold out California Teachers Association conference held in Palm Springs, California. The CTA event was billed as the 2021 LGBTQ plus issues conference beyond the binary identity and imagining possibilities. I think it's great. If there are kids who are growing up and they're realizing that they have certain identities or certain uh, things that need to be discussed with with as it pertains to their their personal lives and nature. I also think there's an obligation among these schools to inform parents of what's going on with their kids so that parents can decide what's best for their children and help raise them to have good lives. But what do you think it is? When at government institutionalized learning facilities, they are actively saying, do not tell your parents. Evil. Evil. Now, there are bad parents who I think would be mean or, or, or uh, commit harms against children. It happens. They're abusive parents. But most of these parents are simply trying to figure out what's right for their kids. Withholding information from them, in my opinion, is, a, is criminal. Or at least it should be a statutory crime. Look, there, there's a story going viral where a parent talks about how their kid was being indoctrinated in school. So what did they do? They took the kid out of school, took away social media, took away their cell phones, 
brought them to a, you know, a safe place where they worked with them on, on, on character development and, and growing and, and, and figure out who they were. And they said their kids started to revert back to how they used to be. We've all seen these, these you know, before and after college videos. Have you seen? Well, I say we all, but have, have you, you've seen them, right? Where you have like a young woman and she's smiling and she's got regular, you know, long hair and she's wearing normal clothes. And then it says before college. And then it shows her, you know, after college and half her head is shaved. She's got septum piercing and huge gauges and she's all like angry looking. And there's photos of dudes in much similar ways. Many, many women, though. When they go to college and they go through this, you know, weird cult-like indoctrination, they go insane. They look. People are driven by social acceptance. I believe it's fair to say women more so than men, and thus I think that's why you see more women in these image, in these photos, in these stories than you do men. But people want to be accepted socially. So when you go to college and you see all the kids and they're all hanging out and having a good time and you want to fit in, you want to be a part of the club, it makes sense. Humans are tribal. Then they start adopting ridiculous fringe beliefs. I don't care if it is, you know, far left or far right. This is bad for all of us. But more importantly, these schools are violating the rights of the parents. Children need guidance and the government should not be the one that is that is dictating with with uh, to an absolute degree that parents should not be allowed to be involved in this. They said the teachers held a workshop called How We Run a GSA in Conservative Communities and described the obstacles they face as activist teachers to conceal the activities of GSA clubs from parents. SUSD officials have not responded directly to inquiries, but SUSD did post an alert on its website notifying the community that school staff involved in the alleged incident have been suspended pending an independent third party investigation. Conan claims that one of the teachers coaxed her daughter to join a lunch hour equality club and began affirming her daughter as transgender. Near the end of sixth grade, Conan's daughter told her she might be bi. And by middle, middle of seventh grade, Conan was called to, a, to the school for a meeting with her daughter, a teacher, and the school, a school principal. The teacher told Conan her daughter was, tra- was transfluid. I sat across the table and I was crying. I was trying to absorb everything. They kept looking at me angrily because I kept saying she and that it was going to take me some time to process everything, she said. I was very confused. I was very upset. I was blindsided, completely blindsided. This is what these psychopaths do. They don't tell the parent. Then when they bring the parent in and say, these are facts, period, and the parent has confused, they get mad about it. Stop using the wrong pronoun. The teacher accused Conan of not being emotionally supportive of her daughter, who was to be called by a new name and male pronouns pronouns, and would be using the unisex restroom at school. I felt she completely coached my child. Conan said she was hurt that her daughter had not come to her first, and the teacher acted in mean-spirited, smirking way towards her. It made me feel very, very small as a parent. I was unaware of anything. Not one time had she mentioned to me, oh, I think that I want to change my name or I'm transgender or anything, nothing. I only heard bisexual one time and that was it. Within a few days of the meeting, The King City Police Department showed up at her door and told her that there had been a complaint made to Child Protective Services. The police questioned her two children and asked them if they wanted to be removed from the home. They made me feel like a monster. But Conan complied and took her children to meet with CPS that week. According to Conan, CPS dropped the case and did not demand she call her daughter by masculine pronouns, as her teacher had insisted. Throughout the school year, Conan was afraid to ask questions about her daughter or or her school activities, fearing that CPS could take her child away. After several meetings with teachers, 
Conan discovered the school knew her daughter had searched online for information about suicide, but never told her about it. They failed to tell me the part, that part. So I was very angry. And after that, it's just been downhill. It is not okay for teachers to keep parents in the dark about gender identity issues or anything else. Her daughter, now 14, left Buena Vista and is now attending a new school where she's using her female birth name and feminine pronouns. And that, my friends, is what says to me abuse took place at these schools. You have these kids who are confused, scared, maybe depressed. They're going through puberty. They're trying to understand the world. And parents need to be there for their kids. But these psychopaths at government institutionalized learning facilities would withhold that information from the parents. Now, I know there are many leftists who are probably saying the reason she's probably only using feminine pronouns because now she's been taken away from a supportive community. Imagine if these schools went to the parents first and said, we need to have a conversation about this things that your daughter has said. And they all came out and said, we want to better understand what's happening. And actually, we're there for the child. Imagine maybe then the child would come to a loving place with their parents there for them with real conversations and then figure out who they were, who they were on their own with guidance from those who would mentor them or who love and care about them and want them to grow up to be a better person. Instead, what we get at these schools, what appears to be a competition, you get these organizations that would lie to parents and tell kids things without proper guidance from those who will be there for them for the rest of their lives. These teachers will be there for a year. They are destroying these children's lives. Here's what they say. Uh, Conan asked her daughter if she was sure and told her it was okay if she wanted to use the male name and pronouns her teachers had used at Buena Vista. But according to Conan, her daughter responded, Mom, they're not good people. I asked her, would you like to have an AKA on your attendance? She said, no, I don't want that, Mom. Things are better. She's in a different school, different surroundings. Nobody is really pressuring her. Conan's father, Gunter Conan, told the Epoch Times he can't believe the way the school treated his daughter and granddaughter. I've watched my daughter, what she went through. It really broke my heart. My daughter has done nothing wrong. If anything, she's too much of a good mom. He blames the school for getting police and CPS involved. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. I think it's not their place to teach what they've taught to my granddaughter. I'm furious. Homeschool your kids, please. Seriously, homeschool your kids. I was lucky. I was homeschooled before I started regular grade school. I went to a private Catholic school for the first several years. And I think the private Catholic school is better than public school, but kind of bad for a lot of reasons. I think I I had the benefit of going to a private school and then going to a public school and being like, wow. But at my public school, we didn't have any of this stuff. We just had a, a dose of reality. And I think there was a benefit for me there. But when I started high school and my parents saw how bad it really was, they took me out immediately. And once again, I was homeschooled. I never finished high school. And I think it's laughable. See, let me explain something to you guys. This, this is important. If you're moderate, if you're, you know, disaffected liberal or post-liberal, whatever you want to call it. Let me explain. High school does nothing for your kids. I mean, it's socializing. Do they really learn stuff? I mean, I can tell you this. What I was learning in high school was a repeat of what they already taught in grade school. I'm not exaggerating. And I was confused as to why I was wasting my time doing it. Certain questions would be left unanswered. And the school just did not care about me or any of these kids. It was garbage. It's absolute trash. But more importantly, many of these liberals use the fact that I didn't graduate high school as a derogatory statement. They, they say, haha, this proves everything. Let me explain something to all of you. Let me ask you, what do you want for your kids? Do you want them to be successful? 
to, to live good lives, to have a better life than you did. Well, I can certainly tell you this from where I am. Yeah, I'm living a much better life than my parents did. And I can certainly say that whatever they did worked out really well for me, my siblings and the rest of my family. If you want your kids to go to an institutionalized learning facility so they can be indoctrinated and and be form fitted to the rest of the cult, then by all means, have them go to these schools, graduate, go to college and do all the normal normie stuff and then wonder what went wrong. I think it's laughable that you have people riddled with school debt. Huge mistake. They're sitting there complaining, demanding the government pay off their debts because they can't. And then they would take to the internet and say, ah, ha, ha, I'm smarter than Tim Pool, who's running a business of, that gets 50 million, uh, 50 million views per month with 30 employees making millions of dollars. Certainly, I'm smarter than this successful individual. None of that means I'm a good person. None of that means I'm better than anyone else. But I can certainly say, think about what you want for your kids. Do you want them to be saddled with, with debt for the rest of their lives? To take out 50K to go to college, to use a degree that won't work for them at a time when the economy seems to be collapsing? Or do you want them to be free, to be responsible for themselves, to make enough, to live a, a good, humble life, to be successful, have a family? Do you want them to fight for what they believe in? Do you want them to stand up for something and make the world a better place? Then I tell you this, these institutionalized learning facilities are the opposite of where your kids need to be. You need only look at the establishment voices who screech and cry, Tim Pool didn't finish high school. Because it shows you what they think is really important. Affirming you're a member of the cult. Going to these institutionalized learning facilities and getting your certificate. Let me tell you guys something. I was, a, I was a director at a nonprofit working on fundraising, and it was a job that required a college degree for one I did not have. Why? Because I was good at the job. It's remarkable, really. We're in an era now where I think you can, I, I'm pretty sure Elon Musk says things like this or Peter Thiel. You don't need a degree or diploma to be successful and to live a good life. It's sad that that lie has persisted for so long that people believe that, that that's the only path to success. In fact, I would tell you it is quite the opposite, is the path to failure. You are taking your kids when you put them in college. You are telling them to do as you're told, never to solve your own problems, just to memorize and follow the leader. And then when they're 24, 22, or whatever, they graduate college, they're going to be like, now what? What do I do? My whole life, someone told me what to do. I never had to figure it out for myself. No, your kids need to go out and be independent, learn how to solve their own problems. One of the things you can do if you have really young kids is teach them strategy games uh, and help improve their memory with memory games. Teach them everything you can and speak to them like adults. Do not goo goo gaga them. Do not do not assume that children are stupid just because they lack information. I was actually just showing my niece how to play chess. She wasn't particularly interested And it was a chore to explain, it's your turn. You have to move the knight now. And she goes, that's the queen. The queen is white. That's the other queen. That one's black. And I'm like, those are correct. Now, I just made my move, and it's your turn to make your move. And she didn't want to do it. But you have to be patient. You're not dealing with, children are not stupid. Children lack information. That's it. In fact, children are very, very smart. The problem is people conflate knowledge with wisdom. And while I'll certainly say that wisdom comes from collecting knowledge and data and then being able to associate these things to better understand how they how they work with each other, children have the capability to solve problems. They have the capability to absorb information. They need to just absorb it. Do not treat your children like they are stupid. 
talk to them like they're a normal adult human being. So that way they learn what it is to be a normal adult human being. I think one of the things that greatly benefited me was that my family owned a business. When I was about 9, 10, and 11 years old, my family had a cafe. And as I worked in that cafe and interacted with people, they did not treat me like, well, many, many taught me, uh, were treating me like a child. But for the most part, the conversations I was privy to and a part of were adult conversations. Because the guy who comes in and needs to order a sandwich isn't going to go, oh, what a cute little child. Can you make me a roast beef sandwich? You know what roast beef is, right? Roast. No, he'd walk in and be like, can I get a roast beef with Havarti and dill mayo? And I'll take a cappuccino, uh, double, a double shot, please. And I'm like 10 and I'm like, OK. And then I would put in the order. I would give the sandwich order to the cook and then I'd make the drink and they would be like, just get it done. I'm not going to sit here and play games with the kids. Some people didn't like that a kid was working there. But I got to see people stand there and talk about politics. I got to see them talk about their lives and finance. And that greatly benefited me. Because then I would come back to school and I would see the kids talk about dumb garbage like Power Rangers. So actually being exposed to the real world is a good thing. These schools are not the real world. These schools are institutionalized learning facilities where they indoctrinate your kids and keep you away from them. They keep secrets from you. Now, there are bad parents out there, and I understand why there are confidentiality programs, and I understand that. But most parents are good parents. However, now what they're trying to say is that if you're a parent who's concerned about your child and what they're learning, you're abusing them. This is why we saw everything in Loudoun County that we did. If you are a parent, you better know what's going on in your classrooms. You better talk to your kids, treat them like adults. Otherwise, you'll lose them. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.